Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1987, four childhood friends were reunited after 10 years to investigate the murder of a mentor they all shared. During this time, they unlocked the deep secrets of the past and found themselves exposed to the darkness that surrounded them. Soon it became more than a fight for justice. And instead, it became a fight against the ultimate evil. Six months later, in the winter of 1988, bonded by their knowledge of the dark unknown, they have decided to no longer be the victim. Now they seek out the deep roots of satanic corruption that hides in the shadows of society, all the while trying to mentor a new companion, seeking justice for the death of his cousin. Institutionalized is the second story arc in the Chronicles of Darkness first edition story, The Ultimate Evil, set in Bismarck, North Dakota in 1988. Join us in this tale of satanic horror with Wayne, played by Adam, Che, played by Andrew, Alex, played by Mitch, Michael, played by Slavic, and the newcomer Derek, played by Tillman. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM, and on Facebook and Discord at Twin Cities by Night. If you'd like to help support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. Start with Wayne. So Wayne, Wayne, you get in your vehicle and you're driving towards Alex's house, which is on the north side of town, which kind of aligns with the way that you're going to go when you go to the Dakota Adventist Academy, because eventually you're going to have to drive north on Highway 83 for about an hour to get there, to get to Minokin, North Dakota. You stop in front of Alex's house. Alex, you're sitting in your living room and you see him pull up along the curb through the picture window of your house. Go ahead. Scenes on you guys. Alex will be wrapping up an egg sandwich as Wayne pulls up. He'll have, uh, he'll have about a third of the sandwich left. He'll get up, he'll grab his sweatshirt and maybe a jacket, and he'll yell to his mom, Hey, mom, I'm taking off. Wayne thinks about honking, but then he'll just be like, Nah, I don't want to upset his parents. And he'll kind of move all the shit off the passenger seat, kind of making room for Alex as he comes outside. You see Alex walking towards the car and like the breath coming out, you know, the plume of breath from him walking in the cold as he opens the door and sits in there. Occasionally taking a bite from the sandwich. Go ahead, seems on you guys as you start driving. How's it going, Wayne? Uh, you know, still can't get over what happened to Che, man. I, I can't believe it. Hey, did you guys see his grandpa when you were down at the hospital? I think so. I don't know. It's been a blur. Maybe not. I'm in, I'm kind of in a weird state right now. I got a lot of dreams that are kind of bleeding into reality a little bit, I guess. And Wayne will kind of like, you know, he's driving, but he'll sort of take a few seconds and like, he'll be looking at Alex, turning his head while still turning his head and trying to keep an eye on the road. You okay, man? Trying yeah, to see yeah. if he looks off. No, I'm still, I'm still clean. It's just, I don't know what it is. I'm having these weird dreams, and they're still in my head when I wake up. He'll take another bite of the sandwich. Wayne's like quiet for a second, and then he turns and he looks at Alex again. He's like, "Hey, I'm proud of you, man." Thanks, I appreciate it. Uh, any chance we could stop for coffee on the way, like a McDonald's yeah. or something? Yeah, totally, totally. And he'll he'll pull into the drive-through, and he's like. You know, I gotta. We gotta stop at some kind of sub place. I I promised the lady uh, lunch. I was trying to kind of 
I don't even know what I was trying to do. Actually, I just kind of don't really feel like myself. It's just give her a Big Mac. Can't show up there with McDonald's. I got to get her a pizza or something. But Wayne is getting McDonald's right. for himself right now. Quite a bit, actually. He's got a little bit of the munchies from yesterday. Alex will just uh, grab a medium coffee. All right. We'll say that you like go through, like go to a subway, get a sandwich real quick, and you jump on that highway and head north. As you're driving on this highway, you notice that there's not a lot of traffic on it right now. Matter of fact, when you leave the confines of Bismarck, you start seeing on the side of the roads just endless fields of snow. You see, you know that out there, an environment much like what you're looking at now, you are confronted with what happened to you last summer. It feels empty. It feels desolate. It feels deadly as you're driving along. You see semis coming the other way. You see slush and snow shoot up from the wheels. You feel the heat from your car coming through the vents, keeping you warm. Blue Oyster Cult, that tape that you had in there, yesterday still on their plane as the road just seems to endlessly go on with no change in the scenery eventually you start seeing signs for the town Minoke, and you see where there's a green sign with right white writing that has an exit number on there and you see it says dakota adventist academy one mile when you get off the exit you start seeing planes covered in snow seems to go out forever. It's flat. You see frozen lake and streams that have the gray, cold color of frozen water. Eventually, you see a sign on the right of a road where you see it says Dakota Adventist Academy, making friends for eternity. And you see that this plowed road, which is almost dirt, compact dirt, goes forward. As you drive up on this road, you see that eventually you start seeing sparse trees are on the left and right. They're not thick, but they're covered in snow. And you see that there is a little gate almost. When you get to this gate, you see that there is a little guard shack almost, but the gate is open. Like there's, you see that there's a figure sitting in the guard shack and he's kind of reading a magazine and he looks like you can't quite make out because the windows are a little kind of misted over a little bit. And you see he slides this window open and he points his head out and you as you see his head come out you see he looks like he has like short cut blonde hair his face looks somewhat gauntish and he has a droopy blonde mustache he kind of has some bags under his eyes and looks like a receding hairline and he kind of like motions his hand out for a second like he wants you to stop but he hasn't gotten out of the shack and i'll kind of slow the car to a stop very casually can i help you hi uh, me and my partner here, we're here to visit uh, Tina Weaver. Oh, yeah. Just keep going, keep going ahead there. You'll see that there's a parking lot for visitors, all right? And I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, so I just go right ahead. That's the visitor lot over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep going straight there. And you see that he motions down with his finger. And when he motions down with his finger, you see about like 500 yards down that the road continues on. And you see it comes to like like a T-section where you can make a left or you can go straight. And when you see kind of like, you kind of make out some buildings kind of like formed there a little bit. He's like, yeah, just keep going straight there. You'll see where there's signs there. They'll guide you to where the visitor parking's at, all right? And I'm just like, I'm kind of just trying to make him feel helpful. Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, thank you very much, <laughs> sir. And I kind of just keep going. So when you drive forward, you see that you get to this t-section in the road when you get to the t-section in the road you see that it goes left and it goes right and it goes straight you see immediately off to the near north 
west a little building looks like a little like i don't know like an older kind of like school looking building and you see that there's like a shed behind that and then like a little bit behind that you see the peak of a roof of like it looks like a red barnish like a red barn you know that bright red barn color and you can kind of see past that a little bit on the north west like a huge like tin which you know is usually where like horses or cattle are uh are housed at like a tin stable and there's like a couple white trailers that are in front of that but as you're driving you go past the intersection you keep driving straight and when you drive straight you see that there are three brick large school looking buildings there's one larger one that's in the middle there's one smaller one on the left and there's one smaller one on the right the one in the middle is about three stories high and the one on the left and right are two stories high and you see eventually when you drive up when you're about 100 yards in front of the middle one, you see that there is a right turn where it looks like there's parking. When you make the right turn to park in there, you can actually see to the east, a, it looks like a part of a stream or river, almost like the uh, Missouri River is going from the east to behind the school and then continues up north, which you can only imagine. And you see a couple like, looks like uh, maybe there might be some buildings in the north behind these three school buildings, but you can't quite make sure. You can't quite tell. Now, Alex, your merits you have. Tell me those merits again, just the names of them. He's got quite a few. Um, so from the top, danger sense, unseen sense, meditative mind, psychometry, automatic writing, and a little knowledge. So the unseen sense one, which one was that again? Just a quick purview of it. Unseen sense basically lets him know when something supernatural is nearby. And the danger, wasn't there one where you wanted to go to the school and you last session you were talking about you wanted to go to the school so you could feel like a vibe? What one was that again? That would be psychometry. Psychometry. And in yeah, a nutshell, what would you have to do for that? It's basically spirits touch. So you'd have to touch something in the school, right? I'd, uh, with the four dot version of the merit, it allows me to just be in a place. Okay. Let's see here. With the four dot version of this merit, location and size limitations do not apply. What do you have to roll for that? Wits plus composure. Is there a specific difficulty or just wits and composure? Is there like a success chart range? There is not. Not that I have on my cheat sheet. Okay. So let's go ahead and have you roll a wits and composure, please. <laughs> it's my favorite roll. Two successes. Before we do this, when you are driving up here, what is going on in your head when you start seeing all the scenery? Alex? Alex just tries to keep his head clear um, as he's going up, taking it in, trying to figure out what details might really stand out, what details don't really matter, um, getting a sense for the lay of the land. Kind of, In a way, it kind of feels like he's driving back out to the bunker with how empty the territory's been. Yeah. I, I view like Alex's merits as something he doesn't know he has. You know what I mean? I like treating it like that. Like You know what I mean? Like It's something that's like hits him. And when you were sitting there kind of like having that, slight sense of like how you felt before and you get closer to the school buildings and you see the three large larger school buildings kind of take up the landscape as you get closer you're hit with this sense of like almost like it's almost like you're you know, a sense of adrenaline has been pushed through your body your chest just starts tingling and you find it like you take a deep breath and you can feel that breath throughout your whole body and you feel like yourself start sweating. You feel your forehead start sweating for a second. And your hands grip the side of Wayne's car. You start feeling on edge. You feel your jaw is clenching. And you have this overall sense of unease. And you feel disconnected a little bit. You start feeling disconnected a little bit from yourself. 
Wayne, I need you to roll me. Can you give me a wits and empathy roll, please? One success. As you're pulling in the parking lot, you turn and look and you see just Alex's eyes are wide open. You see him sweating like on his temples and you see his like jaw clenching. And then all of a sudden you see it like dissipate and you feel that Alex for a second. You feel your body loosen up for a second and you almost feel like you can breathe again. It was almost like you were holding your breath against your will. Go ahead. Scenes on you guys. You're right there, bud. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I'm good. This is not a good place though. We need to uh, make it quick. And Wayne will kind of be staring at Alex very gravely as he says that, because it's like uncomfortable for him to, to see what's going on in the car. He doesn't understand that, you know, especially because he knows Alex to be clean. It's no question in his mind that Alex is truthful about that. He's just, something's up with him, you know? So what are you guys doing right now? I'm going to keep driving to the lot where the... Yeah, you're parked. You're parked right okay, now. Like, you're like, we'll just okay. say you parked and you're in the car right now. Is it the heat? Are you okay? And I'm like, kind of like, I, I'm like messing with the uh, controls and of the of the heat and stuff. I'm like turning nope. it off. No, it, it's not the heat. It's fine. So what's the plan, man? We just go right in there and try to find this Tina lady and we bring her the sandwich and hopefully she... She she tells us well something helpful. I I don't really know. I this place is it's like empty, you know. It's it's it reminds me of when I'm out in the woods with with Ray, and you know it's it's got that real barren kind of kind of feeling. It's it's different than when we're in the office, you know. I I was kind of thinking that maybe we could get lost on purpose, just kind of walk around the place, try to get a a feel for something, and then we'll you know we'll find Tina either accidentally or if somebody questions us we'll just tell them oh we're looking for we're looking for tina we got lost and you know maybe we can kind of like like dig around or something i don't know wayne doesn't know he's you know he he kind of felt some gusto when he drove here and now he kind of feels small i don't know man i don't think we're gonna be able to wander around too too much you know we gotta we gotta try to get in and see what we can get and get out. I don't think wandering around is going to do us any good. All right. All right. I hear you. I hear you. Alex is kind of wringing his hands nervously. And Wayne takes like a deep breath and he's like, let's, let's get on with it, man. So you guys get up, get out of the car and you walk, you see that there's sidewalk that's been shoveled and has salt thrown down on it. It's about five feet, six feet wide. And you walk along it up until about 20 yards. You get to these, large concrete steps you know like the wide kind then there's like six of them and then it goes to like a flat area to where there's like these double doors and you see like it like this building is this is the center building it's made of red brick it's like old school red brick and you see these doors are like thick wooden doors and they have like square glass panels you know on the top like that thick glass that doesn't break easily and you go and you it has these old like intricate like brass door handles like the heavy kind and you kind of like take one you pull it open and it opens it up and you see in front of you there's like like large you know like linoleum floor that's in like schools like these where everything seems to echo and you see like it's and on the left and right there's these wooden benches for like and coat racks where like people who are just visiting can sit there and wait and then you see straight ahead there's like a desk and the desk you see behind it, there's like large glass pane windows where there's like an office area there. And you see like, there's like five desks behind that. And you see there's someone sitting on the front desk and you see this lady looks up. She has like gray hair. It's kind of like curled, you know, like in the fashion, the perm fashion of the time. It has like thick glasses with like the little 
uh, little like glass holder rope thing that goes behind her neck. She has this thick like gray button up sweater on and you hear like echoes to your left and right of like boys talking you know kind of echoes through there and you hear like footsteps and squeaks and you see the lady looks up at you and she just has this warm smile as you guys walk up and she's like yeah can i help you yeah um hi my name is wayne coleman i have an appointment today with miss tina weaver oh yes tina yeah hold on one second i think she told me you were coming with lunch and she like smells good and she sees like the bag that you have there she's like give me one second and she like picks up a phone and you see it down she's like hi tina yeah your guests are here Okay, I'll just leave him down. Yep. Okay. And then she hangs up the phone and you see, she looks at you like, all right. So she stands up. She's like a quick little thing. The left and right, those are classrooms. But if you go behind me here, behind this office here, if you go around this little hallway to the end, you'll see their guidance counselors. They have, there's four doors there and you'll see Miss Weaver's name on there and she'll go ahead and talk to you there. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah. And she just kind of leads you, you know, points you in the direction as you guys walk around there. As you guys walk down there, you see this door open up and you see this lady is standing there. She has like, she looks moderately athletic. She looks younger, like about 23. She has longish red hair. And you see she has like a kind of a light color skin. She doesn't have freckles though, but she has like these blue, very sharp blue eyes. She's rather beautiful, to be honest with you. She's wearing like, has like this gray like skirt that goes down to her shins. And you see she has like these leggings that are underneath it that are with these loafer shoes, black loafer shoes. And she has like this white sweater on that kind of goes good with her red hair, kind of makes it stick out more. And she just gives you guys a warm smile. She's like, oh, come on in, come on in. And she's like, is that my sandwich there, sir? And she just kind of smiles at you. And I like, I have like this whole bag of Subway subs and I just kind of <laughs> lift it up jovially like, oh, you, you got me. And, um, you know, I'm kind of like motioning for Alex to, to follow into. And I'm just like, this is, this is my partner, Alex. She's like, hi, nice to meet you. And she sticks out her hand. Alex will gently take her hand. So uh, nice to meet you too. Yeah, come on in. And she like uh, like motions for you guys to come into her office as she's like holding the door open. And you see there's like two chairs in front of her desk. And then she goes and sits behind her j- desk and like motions for you guys to sit there. She's like, before I talk, I want my sandwich. <laughs> she just kind of smiles at you. Yeah, and I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just like getting everything, getting the napkins out, putting some sandwiches out on the table. I got like a, a variety. Like, you know, I feel like sometimes Michael would probably just give us petty cash to kind of <laughs> to kind of like show off in these situations. And so I got a bunch of like these foot long subs, like probably three, four, maybe five of these. Like, you know, I'm coming in with like a bag of sandwiches and like just trying to like come off as like a a warm and friendly person that you want to help. I love how you call it petty cash where Mike probably fucking begs to differ with you all the time about this. So you, he, she's sitting there and she takes a piece, you know, like one of the quarter pieces and she starts eating it. And she's like, so she like covers her mouth, wipes her mouth with a napkin. So I got a call from Michael, who I guess he spoke to yesterday. And I didn't want to say this over the phone, but he was rather intoxicated when he called me. You see, I know Michael a little bit from uh, different circles when it comes to, you know, guys, counselors, we go to the different workshops and stuff like that. And he actually kind of helped me get a job here. He told me he's worried about this kid, Toby, I guess his name was Toby Lancaster, that he ran away from the school here. Listen, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on in Michael's life. Um, but he wasn't like this when I met him a year ago. He wasn't like how he was on the phone yesterday. Go on. Well, he's worried. He's worried. He said, you knew the details. He wouldn't tell, talk to me on the phone about it. I guess I wanted to speak to you in person because 
And you see there's a moment where she like kind of looks out the looks behind you guys at the door and she gets up for a second, walks behind you. And, you know, she has those blinds on the glass part of her door and she like closes the blinds and then she closes the blinds in the window there and she goes and sits back and she sits across from me. She's like, I just want honesty. I want to know what's going on. Well, and Wayne kind of looks around, you know, it's an ongoing case and I really can't discuss details with you. And then he leans in kind of like a little bit close to her. He starts talking at like a little bit of a lower volume and he's like, but, you know, when I talked to Mike at, at the school he was working at, mm-hmm. I really did get the sense that he, he cared about the well-being of this boy. And I could tell he was torn up that, that this kid is, is missing. And, um, you know, I, I could tell he was really bothered and I, I sensed that he might have been drinking a little bit, you know, I picked up on it. I, I you know, it, it, it was pretty obvious. He seemed, he seemed real hurt. You see there's a moment where she's looking at you and she turns around and she stops for a second. Then she, she turns and looks at the filing cabinet and then she turns around and looks at you and she's like, I think there's a largest systemic issue. I think that there are kids who are, I don't know. I think that there are kids that are being bullied here. Bullied how? I don't know. I, th- I, th- I think that there are definitely some kids here who don't feel comfortable and it sounds like Toby was one of them. And she looks at you for a second, sizing you up. The reason I wanted you to come here was because I have a kid who says he knew Toby. Knew him as a, as a friend? Yeah. Knows. Knows of what? Well, yeah. Knew, knew him as a friend. And I don't know. He, I don't know if it's just him acting up, speaking to me about stuff. I don't know if what he says has any legitimacy. I don't know. He seems kind of guarded. And after Mike called me yesterday, I thought maybe he could help you out. This boy kid. Yeah, I mean, we'd we'd love to talk to him. A- anybody who knows anything about Toby, we we really just just need anything. It's the the kid. He's he, his grandpa looks after him, you know. And to this to this old man, Toby's Toby's the only thing he has. And you know, I was a troubled kid myself. You know, whether or not you can believe it, but it's it's just it's just really hard to to not have people really looking out for you and. I'm going to ask you something. I'm going to be frank, and I, I, I'm not trying to disturb you, but it's just something that Michael said to us. Okay. Do you, do you think there's some kind of abuse going on here? Do you think this is some kind of abuse situation? He's looking around like, have you ever gotten wind of, of any kind of thing like that? Like, look, I know you're a good person. I know you wouldn't let anything bad happen to these kids, but have you ever heard rumors? Anything, really? Well, I've only, I've only been here a few months and I don't know. I can't say definitely that it doesn't exist. And there's signs in this boy, his name is Billy, that I see signs of trauma in him. And the good news is I told Billy that you're going to be bringing lunch for him. He's going to be here in a few minutes. Well, that's good. That's good. Now, when you say trauma, what kind of, what kind of things are we talking about here? Do you know about his past? Is this home stuff? Is this stuff that's happened here? I know boys can be pretty rough with each other and you know, it's the fighting, the bullying, it's all it's all part of the part of the course, you know, and it, it can be real tough. But just like, tell me, just just be frank with me. Like, what do you think's going on? And like, look, I don't I don't work here. You can say whatever you want to me and and you know, it's not just forget about them. And I'm kind of like looking outside. Who does he think we are that we're bringing lunch to him? Oh, I told him that some men that he could probably speak to would help him out. I was willing to guess. If anything, he got a free lunch and you guys wouldn't have known the better. She's like, I guess my instincts were right. She just kind of smiles at you, Alex. 
Alex will kind of give her a, a, a gentle smile and a nod. So she sits there and she takes a bite of her sandwich and then she goes, then she, you hear a on the door and she gets up. She's like, looks like her lunch dates here. And she goes and she opens the door. She said, come on in, Billy. You see this kid come walking in. He has like khaki pants on and he has like this blue button up shirt, like a navy blue shirt. You see the Dakota Adventist Academy is on the, the side of his heart, the left side on his breast. And he has like a dirty blonde hair that's kind of like cut and like almost like a bowl cut. He looks to be maybe about 12 years old, but he looks kind of small for his size. He has brown loafers on. And you see, he just kind of looks guarded for a second. And he looks really meek and shy. And she's like, here. And she goes and grabs his, like, kid's stool. And she kind of pulls it up to the desk. I'd like you to meet Wayne. And I'd like you to meet Alex. Alex and Wayne, this is Billy Henderson. Hey there, Billy. Hey, Billy. What kind nice of sandwiches do you like? And I'm kind of just, like, pointing to the bag. You can go ahead and grab any one you want, Billy. And he looks in there. And for a second, he's like, do you have meatballs? Yeah, I got a meatball. I got some chips, too. And I'm, I'm kind of just, like, fishing around the bag for him. Here you go. And a napkin for you. Don't make too much of a mess now. This is in your office. And he kind of looks at you for a second. And he looks at her and she just smiles warmly and rubs his back. And he takes a bite of the sandwich and he's like, takes a couple of bites. And then he wipes the, as you know, the sauce that always inevitably gets on people's face. And he wipes it with a napkin. And then she's like, Billy, these two gentlemen here want to talk to you about Toby. Toby was a friend of yours, wasn't he? And he's like, mm, yeah. But she looks at you. It's all your, the floor's yours, Mr. Coleman. See, uh. Toby's been been missing for a while, and his grandpa's real worried about him. And uh, you know, we're we're doing everything we can to to try to help bring him back home to his grandpa. Is there anything you know about that might uh, help us find where Toby is? No, I don't know where he's at. And he, he looks at Miss Weaver, then he looks back at you, and he's like, "Toby didn't like it here. Neither do I." Well, that's okay, son. Uh, why don't you like it here? And he looks at Miss Weaver again. And then he looks back. She's like, go ahead, be honest. And he looks back at you. He's like, school sucks. A lot of us don't like it here. There's too many rules and there's bullies and it's, they pick on us. And it's just whatever. You know, when I was a kid, probably close to your age, my parents sent me away to this summer camp and there was all kinds of rules. And, you know, it was, it was full of kids that everybody else said were bad kids. But, um, you know, I actually... Met my best friends there, and we're still friends now, even though we're grown-ups. Believe that? You yeah. know? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Matter of fact, you know, we used to read comic books together and stuff, and, and we're still hanging out nowadays. That's cool. What do you like to do? Uh, I like to read a lot. People say I'm gay because I read a lot, but I like to read a lot. You know, I like to read, and, and you see, he looks kind of deflated when he thinks about that for a second. Hey, go on, man. What what kind of books do you like? He looks up. He's like, well, I like I like Stephen King books. I just started reading those. But before that, I'd read like Hardy Boys. And but now I'm trying to read more adult things. And I like where the red fern grows. I really like that story a lot. And I just spent a lot of time in the library. Dang, you're a smart kid. And Stephen King? Man, I wouldn't read that kind of stuff. I'd, I'd be up all night having it's, nightmares. I know, right? It's like really scary stuff, but... Well, you must be a brave kid. Look, uh, I mean, other than the bullies and the rules, anything else bothering you? Give me, you can Alex. Me. Alex yeah. will lean in. Like, yeah, Billy, just tell us what's really going on, man. You know, this is a this is a nice, safe space. You know, nothing that you say is going to leave this room. No one's going to know you said it. You know, and with a combination of 
you know, his persuasion skill, hopefully. Alex is going to try to get the kid to come absolutely clean with what he knows. Give me a persuasion and wits and persuade. Oh, no, a manipulation and persuasion, please. All right. Three successes. There's a moment where he's like, he looks up at you and he looks at you and he looks at Miss Weaver. What do you, what do you guys do? Like, why are you here? You're looking for Toby, but who do you work for? What, what are you? Well, for ourselves. See, something really bad happened to us long ago. And because of that, we've all decided that we're going to do what we can to help people who are possibly in bad situations so that they can get out of it okay. Wayne, you see when he says that, you see Tina just kind of looks inquisitively at you two, at him especially. You know what I mean? Like when he says that. And you see the Billy goes, bad things happen here. What kind of bad things, Billy? He looks at her and he looks back at you and he's like, you know, I understand why the bullies are bullies sometimes. You know, has anyone ever told you before how like, you know, if someone has bad stuff happen to them and they get angry and they don't know better? Like my mom used to tell me before she died that like a lot of times bullies are bullies because stuff is happening to them at home that we don't know about. You, you ever hear that? Yeah, it's true. I think the bullies are bullies here because bad stuff has happened to them here. Say what what kind of stuff? And he looks at her and you see he looks really ashamed and his face looks you know what I mean, blushing and he looks back at you and he's like, Stuff that's not good. Stuff that people are touched. And he's and I'm kind of looking at the guidance counselor just like She looks you know. shocked. She looks like you know what I mean? She's just like sitting there with this look of like her mouth is open a gap and she just like has this like like the you know what I mean? The 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 her stomach just sunk, you know? And he's like, looks at her. He's like, I'm sorry I didn't tell you. And she's like, oh, it's it's okay. It's okay. Are you, have Has anything happened to you? And he's like, no, no, no. And he like looks at you. No, nothing's happened to me. I just, people talk, you know? And she's just like, she's still looking gassy. He looks back at you all and he's like, I, it happens. I heard. I, I, I don't know. So I understand the bullies. I, I put my hand out and I'm kind of like, I put it on his shoulder and I'm like, hey, bud. You said you were a fan of the Hardy Boys, right? Yeah. Me and my pal Alex, we're kind of like the Hardy Boys ourselves. No you know, way. We, yeah, we try to solve mysteries. We we try to help people. And we try to make it so bad stuff doesn't happen. And you seem like somebody that could help us. You seem like you could maybe be part of a, part of solving this mystery or, or helping at least, you know, just like in the Hardy Boys. Yes. Yes, I could do that. I could totally do that. I kind of like, you know, I have my hand on his shoulder and I kind of like squeeze his shoulder a little bit. To, so he looks at me and I, I'm looking into his eyes and I'm just like, do you know who is hurting people here? It's very important that you tell us if you do. No, but rumor is that the old headmaster here did bad things and that's why it doesn't work here anymore. And you see this gas like, oh. I mean, you see like Tina's is like looking like she's not like she's like a bad gas but she's just like what the f-? like this kid's is dropping these bombs you know like left and right and, and she just looks at you too she looks at you alex like pleading like holy shit you know alex she's looking directly at you alex is gonna look at her he'll meet her gaze and he'll give her a look of welcome to my world and he just like i don't know though but i'll help but you gotta promise me will you make this stop because i have no choice but to be here my parents are dead and 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 my aunt sent me here and this is all the only place i can be till i grow up i put my pinky out to pinky promise with him and i'm just like hey we'll make it stop i promise you and he put he like 
does the pinky promise with you. You see there's a moment where Tina like is looking and she puts her hand. She's like, listen, Billy, you need to keep this to yourself. You understand? But I need you to tell me, though, if you see anything, you tell me, okay? I'll give you my phone number at home or and I'll give you these people's phone number here. And you can use the pay phone to call at night, okay? Just say you're calling your parents. But you have to keep this to yourself, okay? And he nods. And she gets up and opens the door. She's like, here, get back to class, okay? And she ruffles his hair. She closes the door and leans against the door and she looks at you too. And she's like, I, I have no idea. I had no idea. But all I can tell you is that this has to stop for these boys' sake. It has to stop. Like the ultimate evil, Servitude is a game that focuses on the worms of the supernatural society, mortals and ghouls. This miniseries takes place in the winter of 1988 in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. Three ghouls are tasked by their betters to find another ghoul, but end up uncovering a deep darkness.